Welcome everybody to this week's Dev Central Connects. My name is Boo, your host today. I'm one of the community evangelists with the F5 Dev Central team. We are going to be talking about Kubernetes today, and we're going to be specifically talking about the Certified Kubernetes Administrator exam and certification. And we're going to have all the secret tips and tricks on how to pass that. I've got a couple experts who are both CKAs. Uh, that are going to be joining me on this. But before we get to them, I just want to remind folks, F5's uh, DevCentral Connects is supported by the DevCentral community, which is found at community.f5.com. And what you'll find on there is our message forum. So you can ask Q&A. You can find all of the show threads on there as well. So every time we do one of these shows, we'll create a little thread with some of the uh, things that you want to bookmark, the links and stuff that we were chatting about and how to get connected with the folks that were joining us. I'll also remind folks, if you are watching us from LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube right now, if you haven't already, make sure you're hitting like, hitting subscribe. We'd love to hear where you're watching from as well. So drop a comment into the live stream as well. Although you might not be watching us live right now, you might be listening to us via podcast. So you can actually find us on Apple, Google, and Spotify as an audio podcast. So you can listen to us in the car, on your commute, if you're returning to the office or whatnot. And if you are listening to us from one of those platforms, would love for you to hit subscribe, leave a five-star review if you can. That just totally helps us out as far as growing our audience and being able to reach more folks with all of the good content that we have. And that good content today is going to be talking about the certified Kubernetes exam. So I've got two folks that I'm going to be joined by, Jason Rahm and Michael O'Leary. First, I'm going to bring on Jason. And I'm going to bring on Jason first because he is the newest certified Kubernetes administrator. So let's bring him on. Jason, how are you doing? I am well, thank you. And thank you for having me on Death Central Connects. Congratulations on your certified Kubernetes administrator designation. How does it feel? It feels good. Good to, you know, it always feels good to accomplish something, right? I did the Security Plus back in the fall and uh, and then the CKA this spring. And so, you know, it feels good to work through something, set a goal and accomplish it. Yeah, that's awesome. Certainly, you know, it was cool to watch you go through that and all the preparation and stuff like that. And actually, we'll bring on our other guest today, Michael O'Leary, who was with you on this journey as well. Hello, Michael. How you doing? Hi, Boo. Hi, Jason. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, awesome. So Michael is a, a older CKA, I guess. How how long have you been a CKA for? I took the exam in March 2021. Oh wow. That's awesome. Seasoned veteran. Yeah. Been around for a couple of, a few years at this point, right? A few years, yeah. I don't know when it when it started. Cool. Okay. So what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about the exam, Jason's things from taking the exam, how we got prepared for the exam, which is a big part of it, why Michael's here as well. Just before we start on that, I'm just going to mention that Jason, you have written an article. So if folks head over to community.f5.com, there's a little drop down, you go to technical articles, or you just look up JROM is Jason's username as well. So you can see the articles that he's written. So there's one called it's a Kubernetes world and I'm just living in it. And that details all the things that you went through as far as the exam. And so we'll kind of weave through that. But maybe maybe we can start from step one. So the, the two of you on here together, really helpful in that, uh, Michael, you run a study group to actually get people through the CKA exam. And Jason was part of that. So maybe we can start with you know how, how that study group is structured or, or how you go about getting people prepared. Yeah. Can I say one thing before we get into that? Just thank you to Michael 
and to Tony who kicked these things off and at least even got me interested in the idea of going for the the CKA. My journey started actually January of last year and got registered, got started, but I was in the process of selling my house and it just, I could not make the time uh, to do it. So it fell off my table for a long time. And then in the article, I have actually a screenshot. Uh, Michael had uh, reached out on Teams and said, hey man, did you ever get your certification? Cause I'm gonna start up a study group again. I was like, man, I think, I think my thing expires in January. So I don't know that I have time, but I reached out to the Linux Foundation and they gave me an extension that gave me time and the time frame that we were going to do the study group to take a run at it. So, you know, thank you to the Linux Foundation for making that exception and, and extending my time. And thank you, Michael, for the nudge and the push to get moving. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Thanks for finishing up and taking the exam and spreading the good word. So to answer your question, Boo, sort of how did this get started and what do we do? A couple of years ago, it was suggested to me to take the CKA exam. And I didn't know a whole lot about Kubernetes at the time. I thought I did. You know, I was pretty good at networking and pretty good at Kubernetes networking. So I took a shot and it was much harder than I expected. And I learned a ton. I came away with a lot of confidence in discussing Kubernetes solutions with customers. And then I thought, this would be great if other folks at F5 did this. So I kicked off a study group and internally, I trained maybe eight or 10 of my colleagues. When I say I trained them, it was very much a interactive study group. So we all sort of studied the Kubernetes curriculum together. And then a couple of us finished up that course and became certified. And then me and a colleague sort of decided to do this again and again internally. And now we invite customers to join us too. So it's a study group. We typically run for a number of weeks between six and 12 weeks typically. And we finish up with taking the certified Kubernetes administrator exam. That's awesome. So I guess as far as organizing a study group, like had you been part of other study groups before and it inspired you to say, this is like a way that we can approach getting more people certified? Yeah, that's a great question. I'll take a stab at it and maybe you can answer it also, Jason. Personally, this is the first type of study group that I've run. I've run maybe five or six iterations of it now. So when I study personally, I like to be really intense. I dive in, I take a couple of weeks and I ignore everything else, all the responsibilities <laughs> in my life. It's not always the best way to go. So I structured this so that we could get together as a group, but it really does require a lot of study individually. So we meet every week and we meet over a series of weeks, either six or 12, depending on how fast we want to achieve the certification. But of course, fewer weeks means more intense meetings and more intense studying. So that's how we approached it. I think everybody approaches study a little differently. So maybe Jason can tell me how he found it and what works for him. Yeah. So I would love to have the time to shut everything in the world off, but it, it's really hard for me. I got little one at home and family and other commitments. And so you know, being able to just shut down life and dive in is not a reality for me. So I have to just plan the time as I get up early, stay up late, whatever, but just have a block of time every day. And specifically for me, Michael, I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't know how old you are, but I'm getting older and the ability for me to cram a whole lot into like a week or two, and then that be useful information beyond the test 
is not a reality for me anymore. I have to do it slow so that I build up the muscle memory and actually move that stuff from hot cash to long-term storage. <laughs> I have to do it slow and steady, which is not to say that a six-week time frame doesn't work. It just means I can't be all in for an intense exam cram type experience. I have to do the work over time in order for those skills to translate beyond the prep for the test. So how, I guess for the study group, how does the, how is it structured? Do you guys just take the blueprint? I'm guessing there's a public blueprint for the CKA, take that and you digest it over a number of weeks. You guys break it up or is it already broken up the blueprint? Yeah, I can answer that. And maybe Jason could tell me how, how I go and how it works for him because he just took the exam a couple of months ago. The CNCF are the group that administer the CKA exam. And they give you an idea of what's going to be in the exam because they give you weightings of each topic. And there's sort of five topics or five weightings that they give you. And then there's a number of commercial courses you can take, including one that's offered by the Linux Foundation um, itself, right? So you got the Linux Foundation, which is the parent of the CNCF who administer the exam. For us, we chose to take a course run on the online learning platform Udemy. So we had all of the attendees sign up for this course, but it wasn't mandatory. You can use any number of CKA prep tools, and it really does help to use a couple of different ones. So personally, I've taken two different courses, and I've also played around myself and just Googled and read blogs and tried to build a cluster myself. So that was what worked for me personally. Jason, what about you? Yeah, primarily the resources were the Udemy course, but also we have at, at F5, thank you, F5, access to LinkedIn Learning, as well as the O'Reilly Publishing Catalog. And so all the resources for not just the exam information, but also just Kubernetes in general, you know, all those resources at our fingertips. So as I wanted to deep dive into something, and I guess from a test prep perspective, that's one thing I'd add as an aside is that the end goal for me was not to pass the test. I did want to pass the test, but it was to build in a set of skills that I didn't have. And so as I would read and say, okay, this is how things are done and this is how you do it and whatever, sometimes that that answer in the exams preparation stuff wasn't good enough for me. I was like, okay, I, I get that, but why? Why is that necessary or why is that approach taken versus something else I would know from experience from my other stuff, not Kubernetes. And so I would wrap it all on resources that were on LinkedIn and, and learning and, and the O'Reilly publishing. And that didn't necessarily prepare me anymore for the test, but it did add context for me to bring to the table after the fact. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I was actually going to ask whether or not, you know, those, those rabbit holes are actually going to fill in other knowledge. If you discovered anything that might not have been covered in the blueprint that kind of snuck up on there, but, but yeah, I mean, that's good reason as well. I mean, I get that folks might just want that CKA badge on their social profiles, but at some point, hopefully you're going to use all this knowledge. So being able to fill it in is, has got to be pretty important. Well, two, two points on that first is that, you know, with the F5 distributed cloud as Aubrey and I are getting into that, a lot of the, services that we're building our Kubernetes services and our virtual K, you know, workloads and, and all that. So I am able to recognize all of those services. And I will say taking the theory of a CKA into the real world application of F5 distributed cloud is not a direct translation of skill. It's like, oh, I know this, but there are nuances in the real world that, that don't exist in the CKA. 
And to the second point, the CKA tests you on native Kubernetes functionality. Uh, it is not testing you on ecosystem, which is very, very robust if you've looked at all at all the plugins and whether it's a container, the container plugins or the storage plugins or the networking plugins, all these things are very rich in the ecosystem and none of that is tested on the CKA. So when you like at the top of the show, you know, called us experts, you know, I, I won't speak for Michael, but I know for me, it's like I passed the test. I know some things about Kubernetes, but I'm far from ready to tackle the Kubernetes ecosystem. You know what? Speaking of a launching off point for you, we're talking about the study groups right now. And Jason, you expressed interest in actually opening up a study group that would be open to the entire community of DevCentral? Or I did. Otherwise. Yeah. I put the carrot out there in the article on, I, I would be more than happy to lead a study group. And like Michael said, it's like, you know, it's more of a facilitation I'll do all the organization and I'll lead, I'll facilitate and, and all that. But if people are willing and they want to have the accountability of a study group, you know, a study group brings accountability because you know that everybody else is going to come to the table with something and, and that they've prepared and you need to do that too. So I'm willing to do that if the community wants that. And, you know, I can kick that off. The one requirement that I think was necessary for me going into my study group that Michael and Tony had laid out is you got to register for the exam and bring your credentials with you to our first meeting of here's where I've registered and here's the date I've put on the calendar. Doesn't mean you can't move the date, but it's like you're committed. You really are going to do this because if you don't come with commitment, then, you know, what happens is usually something like a new year's resolution, right? You're gung ho for the first X number of days and then you start to peter off and then by week three, you're not even at the gym anymore, right? You're just gone. And yeah. so I think bringing commitment to the table is an important thing. And best way to kind of get connected with you on that is register on Dev Central, so community.f5.com, I guess, and either leave a comment on the article or just DM you directly. Yeah, DM me, leave a comment on the article, you know, hit me on Twitter or shoot me an email, any or all of the above. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to step into the shoes of Michael and Tony and, and lead one of these things if the community is interested. Awesome. And so just kind of going back to the study group, how it's organized. So we've gone over the, the length of time. What does each session look like for one of your study groups? Well, that's a good question. So what we found has been working pretty well is to make sure that every attendee is really involved. So during the week, you're expected to learn that week's topic and then come and present that topic to the group rather than getting together and one person just sort of reading out the learning points for that week it really helps if one person has one person every week so choose a different week be the presenter and show that you've done the learning we also try to keep it interactive so we give each other tips if anybody has passed the exam already because some of the people in the study group might choose to take the exam earlier than others so that those people can sort of mentor and give tips for earlier people that are earlier in their journey. And we also take practice exams. When you sign up for the CKA exam, you get two attempts. So you get two attempts at the real exam. You also get two attempts at a practice exam. And the practice exam is fantastic. It's routinely described as a really great tool to prepare for the real exam. And so we encourage people to take that practice exam and then talk about how they did in that practice exam. So we make the groups as interactive as possible, but we do follow a rough schedule 
along with the Udemy course that we, we take. One of the feedback I had for for the course that or for the study group that we went through is that I waited too long to take that first practice exam. And I did it at the very beginning of my test week. And that actually induced a lot of anxiety for me, where I think that if I had taken that practice maybe halfway through the study, then I would have been more prepared for how the test was actually going to take place. Because with Udemy course, you get access to Code Cloud and they have practice tests along the way for all the material. And it's fantastic and they're really helpful, but they give you instant feedback on whether you were successful or not on each individual thing that you do. So you set up something and you click go and it's like, hey, you did good or no, that's not quite right. So you have that instant feedback and it's comforting to have that instant feedback. The real exam obviously is not that way. And it's actually way more complex because they take a lot of those different individual skills you learn throughout the course and they compile them into one topic. And so you might have to deploy a pod and then set up permissions for your ability to deploy that pod and then your ability to communicate with that pod and then troubleshoot why that's not working. And all of that compiled into one question. There's a lot of anxiety in that if you haven't practiced it that way. And so, you know, I think that I would move the first practice attempt way earlier in the experience for two reasons. One, so that you know how the test is going to be, but also to give you an idea of how to practice to the test, because the environment in which you take the test is way different than you working on your own computer and being able to pull resources from all different places and copy paste in the native way that you like to copy and paste. None of that is the same on test day. And so if you don't practice like you're going to test, then you're introducing additional possibilities of failure that have nothing to do with what you know and how to example the skills that you've built. Interesting. Yeah, maybe we can take the last few minutes to actually go over what test day was like. So we've heard, I've heard a few things around how test day, you know, you're, you have to make sure your room is empty, void of anything that can help you out and stuff. And told them, oh, you have to move your webcam around. Maybe you can give us a description, Jason. So my test experience was way different than Michael's, right? Michael, you took yours before they made a big change. And so you could use your own environment as long as you weren't going to different sites other than the kubernetes.io documentation you could still use your own browser for that and all that right yes it was a little troublesome though so they made some changes so that you don't have to install browser plugins and that sort of thing so your exam was a little different yeah so in mine you get set up and then they launch a private browser experience to where you have nothing else running on your computer in fact i even had to like disable some of the it related things on my corporate machine that would not disable. So I ended up having to use my private machine, which is a way smaller keyboard. And, and so I was already disheveled before I even got into the real experience. Can't use an external monitor. And so, and yeah, to, to your point about the room, I, I tested in the room behind me because it's my son who's at college all the time's room and there's nothing in there. So this is moving there. But yeah, you have to like webcam the whole room, top to bottom, you know, left to right, just to make sure there's nobody in there whispering stuff in your ear. You can have water, but it has to be a clear glass or, you know, plastic container, nothing with words on it. And even they're like watching your hands every now and then it was like, show me your hands. And if you, really? if you like move a, yeah, if you move your hand off screen or whatever, they're like, no, you got, they, they have to be visible. And so it's like, 
you know, the proctor is, I don't know, it feels like prison while you're testing. So there's that extra, that extra part, but then also the copy paste environment was, was not awesome. And the, whatever the test, it, it felt like Slackware 1.0 GUI experience with the browser is like Netscape 3 or something like that. It was terrible. Just the environment was not awesome. And then I resized the window once and then it blew my font so big that I had to slide windows back and forth and up and down the rest of the test. Like the last 40 minutes or 80 minutes, I forget, of, of the test. I'm like sliding windows around. So I had that additional thing. So that the test environment was not a great experience. And so if you don't really know your material going into it, those kinds of distractions can kill you. And how long did this test go on for? I think it was a two hour is a two hour exam. I had on mine is like 17 questions and all the hard ones were front loaded. So, you know, as a tip that somebody might be just kind of quickly browse through all your questions because you can you can move on to a different question without answering the one you just select it. And so maybe, maybe just as a reduce your anxiety, just kind of flip through the test real quick, not, not more than a, a minute or two, flip through the whole test to kind of get your bearings. Cause all of my really hard ones were front loaded in the first nine. And so I was like, and I didn't do that. And so I'm like, man, there is no way I'm going to get anywhere close to finishing this test because these front loaded ones are so hard. There's so many steps involved. And there were a couple I wasn't really sure, but, you know, I worked through those. And then at the back half, there were some that were one, two steps. And uh, so I ended up finishing with, I think, 17 minutes left on the clock. There were a couple I wasn't sure on. But, you know, one of the other tips I'd have is like, even if you don't think, you know, do something, you know, do do the bare bones. Even if you know you're not to the 100 percent level of that thing. You do get partial credit based on all the asserts that they do on on how the environment finished up. So you'll get partial credit if if it says deploy a container and you deploy the container, even if all the things in your container are not right, if some of them are right, you'll end up with some points. And so those points can save you to get you to the, you know, the threshold of passing. And every one of so you said you had 17 questions. Every one of those questions is like a practical lab experience that you're going through. Everything. Yeah. None of it. They're not asking you questions about theory. They're asking you to do something. And, and so some of it is configuration. Some of it is upgrades. Some of it is troubleshooting why things aren't working. And, and as Michael mentioned earlier, there's like five areas and and there's different percentages. Troubleshooting and networking, I think are the biggest percentages on that, on that blueprint. And I think security is up there too. So the security Troubleshooting and networking, I think, are the top three on that. And so you, you definitely want to focus on your studies in those areas. Um, and, you know, confession time, I, I didn't get into the security section. I was on a cruise at that at that time we were in our study group. And I was like, oh, I'll skip it. We'll come back to that. And I, I, I did all the labs, and but I didn't go through the course stuff and, and really digest and, and uh, internalize what the overall point of, of the security. So that was a weakness for me going in. But the practical part that they asked, I I didn't have a problem with because I'd, I'd done the labs. Okay, so we just got a couple minutes left. Maybe I'll let each of you have have a go at sharing your best tips for getting uh, getting a pass on the CKA. Maybe we'll start with you, uh, Michael. Practice, practice, practice. You can find two practice tests when you purchase the CKA exam plus two attempts at the real exam. So you don't even have to pass the real exam the first time. You can also 
go out on the on Google and find some practice tests. They're probably going to be in written form, but there's nothing like hands-on labs. Also, if you sign up for a course, Udemy has a course, there's a LinkedIn learning. I remember just Googling around and taking any sort of free course I could, even if it was really short. The hands-on practice labs that you get really translate to, to usable skills, both in the exam and after the exam when you're working in the real world. That's my tip, Boo. Awesome. And Jason? Yeah, mine would be just go build stuff. It, it doesn't even have to be the the exam related like do this do that go build stuff download minicube or you know there's a, a hundred different things that you can get for free and put on your your you know virtual environment on your laptop or if you have some hardware laying around that you can build a cluster just just go build stuff and find projects that use kubernetes orchestration environment and deploy workloads and and all that, you know, go, go build stuff. That, that'd be my, my biggest tip for the preparation side and for the exam itself, do the work, you know, watch, watch the, the tutorials actually shut down all your notifications from work and, you know, tell the kids to go play outside, you know, take the, take the few minutes that, that you're actually studying and be focused and do the work. Awesome. Very and, cool. Uh, real quick, yep. just just as a, I know we're getting close on time, but yep. as a pet peeve, you know the the tutorials out there, whether it's you know for me the the Python is like learn Python in in twenty four hours, or you know you can do this in three days. You can't do it in three days. You're, you you can't. You know, Kubernetes is is a big thing. There's a lot to the native stuff. There's even more to the ecosystem, and it's it's not going to be overnight. So do the work. Awesome. Very cool. Jason and Michael, thank you very much for joining me today. I'll pull you guys backstage, but we'll have links to all this stuff. And please send Jason a PM if you want to get involved in his study group. Thanks, Boo. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks Boo. guys. Good to see you, Michael. You too, Jason. All right. Very cool. Again, Jason is going to run a CKA study group. I hope lots of people join that and have a lot of good discussion happening on there. So if you head over to community.f5.com, if you haven't registered already, just get registered and you'll be able to send Jason a DM on there and be able to just find out more information on how to get involved in the study group. I'll also call out if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed to YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter for Dev Central, and you'll be able to catch us whenever we're doing these. Maybe we'll do some more of these discussions around the CK if it is something that folks are needing to uh, needing to study up on. Maybe we can bring on some of the, the topics and discuss them on the show as well. Otherwise, also we might be you might be listening to us right now. So Apple, Google, or Spotify, make sure you're subscribed on there. Leave us a five star review if you can. Let us know if you have any feedback and do check out the show thread, which we will put into the show description as well. Otherwise, I'd love to thank everybody for joining us this week and we will see you on the next one. Bye for now. Bye.